Welcome, welcome, welcome to episode 112 of A Thompson and Other Disappointments, your twice weekly helping of all things booge, all things hashtag binfluencer. Uh, I'm here to give you the heads up on what? Politics, life, love, tech, dystopia, satire. The heads up, the first look. Get your doom lols ahead of the pack. A veritable Holly and Phil Q-jump of gallows humour, if you will. Um, there's lots happening right now, so let's just uh, skip the foreplay and jump straight to the penetration. Um, big shout-outs to the Patreons, by the way, before we jump straight into this. Um, I'm looking forward to our in-person meetup on Thursday the 27th of October in London... More about that at the end of the show. Um, but until then, let's crack on, shall we? Let's let's just get amongst it. Um, loads has happened in the last two weeks, uh, as you as you might expect. Um, not like um, <laughs> not like blanketing news coverage with slick, glossy nonsense retailed from Buckingham Palace stops news happening, is it? <laughs> There's still like you know, quote unquote, awful happening out there um it's like putting a, a curtain across you know to block out a fatal road accident you know that's what it felt like like it's still a horrible bloody mess behind there you're just purposefully obstructing it you know that's what it's felt like the last couple of weeks um so yes welcome back uh you are awake it was a two-week news coma but you're alive what did you miss uh nothing nothing much the nhs is still collapsing the tories are still in charge um god knows what they got up to while our press was willingly muzzled you know happily muzzling itself it's like oh hey you're you're free to hold power to account right yeah yeah cool so do, do you want to take a look at the shady shit they're no doubt up to while everyone's looking the other way or no 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 i'm busy i'm busy here yeah Doing what? Talking about, you know, the people who talk about the royal coverage about people who talk about it. Like, right, okay. This really is world-class journalism here. This is this is Pulitzer Prize territory. Anyway, let's not get sidetracked by the royal side show uh, any more than we absolutely, you know, had to before this um, by their sort of proxy embargo. <laughs> Their, their newspaper industry-sponsored super injunction is effectively what it was, you know? Like, I imagine people reassuring their clients, PR agencies reassuring their clients, like, don't worry, Tarquin Barrington Smythe, you know, shady arms trafficker or kid fucker or probably donor to the Tories, don't worry, nothing is going to be printed in the Sunday papers, I can assure you. And this guy's like... Oh, wow, you you got an injunction then, did you? No, no, it's just they've all unanimously agreed to talk about the royals for two fucking weeks. So you, there is no chance they're going to run any sort of expose about you. Trust, bruv. So, what is in the news now that we've actually returned to something vaguely approaching sanity? What is in the news now that we're not just obsessively flag-wanking over the Windsors. Uh, big news on Putin this morning. He gave a speech. 
while the rest of the world's governments and uh, and world leaders were meeting in New York for the UN General Assembly, um, Vlad was telling the world ostensibly how insane he is. You know, which I'm here for. Good for him. <laughs> it's nice to have someone else with a platform he doesn't deserve abusing it to big himself up. I get you, Vlad. I'm feeling it. Um, but yeah, he gave he gave a speech basically saying he's going to do referenda in Ukraine, which I mentioned this on a TikTok earlier. Referenda or referendums. I'm not sure what the correct plural is. Referendums flows better for me but i have it on good authority referenda is correct but i don't know let's let's stick with referenda uh so he gave this speech saying that he's gonna he's gonna generate referenda or start up a serious it doesn't it doesn't feel right referendums he's gonna do referendums to let the people decide what happens with their borders and national identity so that's great that'll go well um, I mean, it's quite rare in life you get to see a seemingly quite sensible solution that has actually got no discernible upsides. None, you know? Like, well, we'll just, we'll just have a vote. Seems quite sane, doesn't it? You know, if more people vote this way than that, well, then this wins... While that, they have to accept that their side didn't get the argument across well enough, you know? That's the theory. Obviously, you know, basic democracy. But of course, what actually happens is, you know, referenda, what they do is they reduce complex questions down to simple yes or no answers. And then you, you know, sort of detonate this a bomb of complexity and ambiguity and what did it really mean though you know and well it wasn't it wasn't specific enough you know and that's assuming that the referendum is well run is making a giant assumption that putin won't just take a shit all over the democratic process which look i don't want to say that he definitely will you know, I don't want to cast dispersions on his good character. I mean, the guy has done so, so much for democracy. It's obviously in his blood, dear listeners. I mean, he like he he became prime minister in Russia and then made himself president. Then extended the maximum term for a president. <laughs> Now he basically can't leave office. Which sounds like, you know, drastic, doesn't it? I, th I think it was a um, North American. I think he's Canadian, but he might be American. I'm going to go with Canadian. I think it was the, the Canadian capitalist investor who, who went to Russia. His name is Bill Browder. And I listened to a podcast with him on, and he was basically saying, Putin can never leave power, like ever. Like, he very well might be the richest man in the world. <laughs> but all of the money's been hidden in so many different people's bank accounts and businesses and funneled and stored that, like, if he stood down now, he would lose the power and influence that he needs to be able to get it back and have that money. 
It's like that sort of vibe. Anyway, he's, you know, he's obviously used that power to great effect uh, in spreading democracy throughout the world. And we've seen that in, um, uh, well, now, um, li literally fucking nowhere. <laughs> it's hilarious. Like, maybe I live in a news cocoon or, you know, I haven't been watching enough Russia today. But, like, is there one major geopolitical situation where Russia have stepped in like, whoa, like, put your guns down, weird, uncivilized, tyrannical regime? We, the Ruskies, we are here to protect the sovereign people of Fakistan or, you know, Tilong Pao or, you know, some some place. You literally never hear that shit. Ever. So does Putin respect and spread democracy? Fucking no. Does he respect democracy at home? Also no. <laughs> he, perf he performs eye-watering buggery on it until it contorts to a shape that works for him. Goodbye presidential terms. Peace out independent journalism. So who the fuck is honestly going to trust him to run referenda? You know? It'd be like asking my dad to run your marriage counselling. <laughs> aren't, you, aren't you on your, like, third wife, Mr. Thompson? Uh, uh yeah. Right, well, I, I'm not sure your best place to advise on marriage then to be... Yeah, but third, third wife, all right? Three marriages. Yeah, right, that's what I mean. Three marriages. You are not qualified to advise on what makes a single... No, no, that just... That just means I'm really good at it. <laughs> I've successfully got married three times. Therefore, fucking expert. Anyway, so... Putin wants to put this out to the people, guys. He's all heart. He's all about democracy. That's why he's got such a great track record. Installing, instilling protecting democracy he's all about it he wants to put it out to the people and as i've said bad fucking idea um even if even if referenda are run you know for good reasons still bad idea like i accept that the question of membership with the european union i accept that it had reached such a feverous frenzy by 2015 you know this obsession with immigrants with asylum seekers this uh ugly tabloid jerk fest over benefit scroungers and so on you know people coming over here taking our jobs they, they're just here for a free house gary you know that that sort of thing had reached such what's the word fever pitch that the only legit way that they were going to shut these cretins the fuck up was to put it out to a vote. You know, there's no way out of this, guys. We don't. Oh, we're backed into a corner. Fuck it. Referendum. But as I said before, it takes a complex question. Like, do you want to remain part of the European trading bloc and have access to the European labor force for your labor shortage? Do you have a way in mind that you can think of? where you'd be able to recruit the doctors and nurses that you need, the fruit pickers, the airport staff, places to sell your fish. For once you've left, 
Do you have answers to these questions? Do you know what you're going to do to handle financial transaction passporting between the UK and the European mainland when all the jobs fuck off to Berlin? Do you have answers to these questions? What are you going to do when the pound tanks? How will that affect petrol prices and inflation when you take all of that into account and boil it down to just, do you like the war, Billy? That's basically what you're doing. Complex fucking questions that a multitude of experts need to sit down around a table for 10 years and answer. And you boil it down to, do you like the war, Billy? Do you like the war? Oh, yeah, love the war. Battle of Britain. Whoa, we beat the Germans, didn't we? Beat them. Britain. Blitz. Blighty. Just... You know, and when you boil it down to that, you're going to get into all, all kinds of trouble. But then, as I say, you know, you put a geopolitical earthquake like Ukraine into the mix. Invasions, national identity, the history of the Soviet Union, the scarcity of fossil fuels. And I don't know, man, like I, all of that into the mix as well. I just think it's a ferociously bad idea. Um. Unless, I don't know, mate, here's, <laughs> here's a question for the cynics and the doom lobsters among you. Do you think there might be an opportunity here to flood this referendum with dodgy British pounds in Russian think tanks and lobbying firms and buy some Facebook ads and sway the result? <laughs> Because I think that's that's how we do referenda nowadays, isn't it? And when the result comes out, quote unquote, bad, we just shrug and say, well, you know, them's the breaks, bruh. Will of the people, innit? That's democracy. Thanks for playing. Um, is there an opportunity to do that with this? I mean, that would be a revenge dish served cold as ice, wouldn't it? playing Vlad at his own game. He's like, he can't fucking wait to announce the result. Can't fucking wait. He's like, yeah, I've got this shit in the bag. Oh, I, I made all of the actual, you know, domestic occupants of the, what is it, Donetsk region and Kiev. And I made all of them run away. So it's actually only Russian people there. So we put the referendum, you know, the, the ballot cards out. I've got this in the fucking bag. And then we flooded all of their Facebook and Snapchats and all that with dodgy fucking Facebook adverts. Oh, my God. I'd, I would pay to see the look on his face. Facebook ads aside and weird donations, though, um, I am here, though, for the weird flag fucking brexiters getting all falklands about this you know getting all thatcher and blitz and battle of britain about you know a month ahead of schedule really like normally it's when the poppies come out right <laughs> like right now we just can't wait right now it's gray-haired red-cheeked boomer tories and they're like we have got a prime opportunity here, lads. I cannot keep my dick limp for this shit. You know, waving their flags, just like they did with Brexit. Now waving it in, in fright and condemnation over Putin running a sham referendum. And rem remember, ours was advisory. But it still got implemented. But now here we are, untroubled by self-awareness, 
waving that flag like, oh, he's a bloody monster. Someone has to stop him. You see what he's trying to do with Ukraine? He's going to run a sham referendum and then try to implement the result. Well, no, sir. This is Britain. <laughs> and we won't stand for that sort of assault on democracy, I tell you. Like, like there are actually people like that who will say that shit. Having willfully looked the other way when our advisory one was implemented, like it was legally binding, who looked the other way when, when they prorogued Parliament illegally to avoid scrutiny because they wanted their Brexit win implemented quickly, without due process, no debate, no scrutiny, just get it in, get it through. People who thought it was, it was like a load of hoopla about nothing when we were breaking international law in that limited and specific way. Thank you to Michael Bruce of Labour, by the way, for reminding me of that little doozy earlier on Twitter. All of these frothing flag fuckers looked the other way when they were warned about all of that stuff. And now Putin's doing some shit. They will unironically, unequivocally condemn it. And as I said on TikTok this morning, this is the funny thing about Brexiters and, and Tories more generally. This inability to look at things in a long-term way, you know? Like, you might win the battle that day or that week. But by doing that thing that day, that afternoon, you're setting a precedent and it will leave you no recourse in the future. Or put more simply, right? If you break the laws internationally or domestically, you leave yourself no room to criticise others when they also break the rules. It is really that simple. It's called, it's called hypocrisy. It's called ridiculousness. Like, what would the response be in Tory circles now? If Putin tried to shut down debate or scrutiny to ram through his sham referendum result, what could they honestly say? Oh, well, that's, uh, that's undemocratic, that is. And Right, yes, yes, it is. Anything else ringing any bells for you? Any of this seem weirdly familiar? <laughs> like, I don't want to go over it, you know, again and again. Because Brexit's been debated and thrashed to death. And also, I've got Femi on the podcast on Friday. I want to save some of this stuff for him, right? But just so we're, you know, we're touching the pinch points here... Vote Leave were one of the two major campaigns that went for Brexit, right? And they were found to have broken the law. And I think it was uh, Carol Codwaller who said, we'll probably never know the extent to which Facebook adverts were shown and targeted, you know, to different demographics of people and in what ways and what the messages were and how those people were manipulated. That will probably never see the light of day now. And we know that people like Darren Grimes got fined £20,000 for misuse of funds or something. I know he, he appealed it and he got it overturned. But it, wasn't it overturned on the basis that he ticked the wrong box on a form <laughs> or something? I can't remember. I recall, I recall seeing a bunch of memes about it, though, and snarky tweets, you know, where they were pretending to be him. Like, like Your Honour, in my defence... I am a fucking idiot who can't fill out forms correctly. 
So anyway, look, we know that the Brexit ref was an advisory thing that was implemented regardless and it was never defined specifically on the ballot and and and, and there was law breaking found to have happened and, and all the promises fell to pieces and, you know, they tried to prorogue it illegally and obfuscate and lie to the Queen and, 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 and basically we know it's a load of shit, right? And we fell for it. And at best, I'd say our referendum was highly suspicious and contentious. That's on a good day. That's what it was. To me. But sure, let's now grandstand on the geopolitical stage about another country's attempt to do something similar. I mean, fucking Brexit, man. Anyway, look. Putin has also announced uh, today that he's calling up 300,000 reservists. Um, 300,000 Russians. Reservist Russians to the army to fight in the Russian effort. I guess it's like, is that like their equivalent of the territorial army? Maybe. And he changed, I read somewhere that he changed the law last week, or is it earlier this week, to ensure that this could happen. Basically, they can force these reservists to have to, to you know, join up. It's not quite conscripted conscription it's not quite the draft but it's kind of you know he's knocking on that door i mean how bummed would you be if you joined that shit like a little weekend hobby you know <laughs> like like the you yeah i'm an army reservist you know what's the chances of there being a european war anytime soon fucking none yeah i'll join the weekend army the dad's army, you know? Weekend hobby army. Because that's my impression of it, is, you know, is it, it's like the territorial army here. Like, I'm not talking you down if you joined the territorial army in the UK. I'm sure you're a, you know, you're a proper hero and you've done a tour of Afghanistan and saved a village of women and children from fucking, I don't know, being miscategorized by an American drone as a fucking terror camp and blown to pieces is probably the imminent danger you got intel about, you know? Like, time to save some lives, boys. Your colleagues like, for real? These people are in danger? Al-Qaeda are going to hunt and murder them? No, no, no. We just got intel that three American bombers think it's a wedding, so we'd better get them out quick. Um, I don't know. I always felt like the TA, the Territorial Army, I always felt like it was fucking cosplay. <laughs> I know that sounds bad. I know I'm going to end up with a squadron of really pissed off weekend action men rapping on the door. But it is a hobby, right? You understand that, don't you? You do understand that just because you put on some camo every third Saturday and run around in a field, it doesn't make you G.I. Joe. I mean, Christ, I wear a hoodie and skate shoes. It doesn't make me 19 again. It makes me a sad, pathetic 41-year-old clinging on to an identity that I probably should have grown out of 20 fucking years ago. And so should you. And I can say that because I'm pathetic too. It's like, it's like, it's like a racial slur that we can both call each other, but fuck anyone else doing it. So I can call TA guys cosplaying IT cretins who need to lose a stone and stop living in the past. But tell me if anyone else calls you it, because that's not cool. And I've got you, bro. Uh... <laughs> 
Like a TA reservist needs me to have their back. Fucking lol. They're literally like running around with guns and shit. And I'm here in my super dry with my MacBook, you know? Like, you getting any trouble, guys? Need a hand? Yeah, g give me a shout, yeah? Anyway, fucking territorial army. Like, I'm not knocking soldiers, by the way. Let me be really, really clear about that. Sitting here in my cabin <laughs> in the military town <laughs> that I live in. I'm, you know, I'm not about to get myself firebombed in here by legitimate soldiers who I see at school pick up, you know. And they're like, I thought he was all right. You know, he didn't really say much at the school gates, but now I heard his podcast and he's talking all kinds of shit. So fuck him. Where's the Molotov? Shit talking, goofy motherfucker. Wow. To be clear, I'm not talking shit about soldiers. Lovely guys. I've met a bunch of soldiers and they are honestly truly lovely people. But Territorial Army Reservists are basically Boy Scouts. You understand this? I, I fucking know you do. <laughs> it is a weekend hobby. I really think it is a weekend hobby. But I'm happy to be corrected if it's actually quite serious and they give you guns because now I feel kind of worried that I've offended some lunatic with a gun. Anyway, would you be bummed? <laughs> so to speak. Would you be bummed if you were an uh, Army Reservist in Russia? You know, like a guy like me, a stone too heavy, you work in IT, you just feel, you know, you feel like you should sign up to the reservist army as a hobby, you know, it's, it's, you like to play dress up, you know, you're a community support officer over here, mate, like you over here, you're a St. John's ambulance guy and you pretend to be a paramedic or something. And me, I'm a soldier. Look at me with my fucking army surplus store jumper and steel toe cap boots. Like, how bummed would you be if that was you? <coughs> Excuse me. And every third Sunday, you run around a field with your mates, fucking Nigel or Ni Nigelski. And Steve Ski. And then afterwards, after you finished, you know, playing dress up, you go and grab an ale, play some pool, and then you head home. Where your exhausted wife never asks you about it because she thinks it's ridiculous. And it is ridiculous. And then You know, just for the sake of flipping the wrong heads or tails, one afternoon when you were trying to decide to join the Russian reservist army or sign up for games workshop just on the strength of that like it just landed the wrong way and you went into the reservist army because you thought it would be a goof it'd be a fun way to meet people in your local town just for that shit you end up fucking dead shot in the face for having a shit hobby what a buzzkill you died for having a shit hobby And I know it's not the reason that, you know, Putin's doing this. But it is a pretty positive side effect, I think. You know, we have to acknowledge the few upsides of this, that overweight IT guys who could have joined Games Workshop but just flipped the other side and instead joined the Army Reservist as a funky way to meet people in their local town, <laughs> that they end up getting shot to death. Because they're, yeah, I don't know. I don't want to go on a rant too much about this. Um, 
But I will say this. Look, if you could find some geopolitical lever to pull that would make it so that, you know, some other, like, hobbyist, some other insufferable weekend hobbyist, if you could make it so there was some geopolitical mechanism where, like, I don't know, all of your local over-30s polo players got called up to each fight a minotaur, I'd be supportive of that. I'm not saying that's likely, obviously. It's hard to imagine, you know, a situation, an invasion, a crisis that would mean this specific subset of insufferable people who play polo every third Saturday of the month or something would get mandated by government and under threat of deserter charges and jail time, they each get fed one by one into a Roman or fucking Greek arena and have to go one-on-one -on -one with a half-barbarian, half-raging bull creature that could quite possibly slash definitely rip them to shreds. It's hard to imagine that that would happen. But if that was the way up, I would be broadly supportive of it. I'm just saying, if Russia's overweight and insufferable IT guy reservists, you know, overgrown Boy Scout, weekend hobbyist plastic soldiers do get slaughtered and save their wives the embarrassment of having to explain why they're not there for their niece's birthday that weekend. Like, maybe this whole thing isn't for nothing. I'm just saying... <laughs> I'm just saying you have to stay positive, guys. You just have to. Um, what else is happening? Wow, that took a dark turn. A weird dark turn. At what point does a podcast stop being a topical podcast and actually just be the audio recording of a man having a breakdown? I, I don't know at what point that happens, but I think we're sort of treading that line. What else is happening? Loads of sources at the moment. Loads of... Uh, like Sky News, uh, BBC, everyone's saying uh, that loads of flights out of Moscow are done now. Like every seat on every available flight out of Russia is just booked up and done. Like, if you want to get out of the capital, you like, it's, you know. <laughs> Which is weird because I sort of, I don't know how you guys feel about Russia and the information that they consume in Russia and what their perspective of Putin must be. But I sort of assumed that they all think he's great. You know, I'm sure I've read in places that the propaganda and the control, the state control of news out there is such that actually a huge chunk of Russians think he's fucking great. Like, I mean, they get... They get their news spoon-fed to them through an IV, right? That's basically... Like, it's basically just Fox News telling old white dudes that Trump is the Don, right? Except, of course, in the US, you have choice. You have dissenting voices still. You've got NBC, CNN. In Russia, I don't think you have that. Um, <coughs> excuse me. I think occasionally you have dissent. And then also, occasionally you have journalists thrown out of a 13th floor window or whatever. Like, so, so the coverage tends to be broadly positive. You know what I mean? Um, 
Like, I really like exposing corruption, but I also really like not being suicided. I'd put, the, I'd put that in my hobbies and interests before the first thing. Like, wh wh what are you into? Um, I'm into not leaving my children fatherless. That's my main area of interest. To be Oh, well, you're going to fit in great here at Rusky News 24. Welcome aboard. But yeah, the narrative is that Putin is such a loose cannon and shit's getting real now. Like, you know, like, could he, would he push that button? You know, it's like, well, fuck, I don't want to be in Moscow if he pushes the button. So there's like this sort of frantic fright. Gotta leave. We just have to leave this place now. We got to get out of here. You know, that seems to be the narrative in mainstream. Or just throwing it out there. Could just be winter, though. <laughs> right. It could just be winter. Nobody's talking about that. And I'm here for balance. It could just be winter. I bet flights out of Moscow get booked up in a panic every fucking September. I'm not even fucking around. If I had disposable income, if I was financially secure, I'd be booking flights out of Heathrow the second the temperature dips below 20. The second! It'd just be like, and... um. And it appears there's a an autumnal cold front moving in. Okay, bye now. Bye. Like you could you could take me at my most patriotic. Like imagine that. My most patriotic. Let's say Hugh Grant and Kate Winslet could have both won Best Actor Oscars. Two Brits just fucking nailed the Oscars. England could have just won the World Cup. There's flags everywhere. I'm G'd up to the nines on patriotism. Then, temperature goes to 19. I'm like, fuck this shithole. <laughs> I'm patriotic to my home planet, which is called the fucking sun. <laughs> so yeah, I would fly out of there too. I'd fly out of here too, if I had that option. I am as terrified of the British winter as those motherfuckers are of a nuclear one. Don't get it twisted. I was not made for this climate. And it always used to wind me up, man. Like when... When people said that they were looking forward to winter, what kind of a sick fucking monster are you to look forward to winter? A season of death and decay, you know? But you would get... Like back in the day when I'm, you know, I used to be out in the pub and I'd get chatting to people and back when I had a social life, they would, people would say that they had, you know, basically grown tired of pleasant weather in a country that gets eight months of, you know, cloud and drizzle every year. People would say, oh, I'm quite, uh, yeah, no, I'm quite looking forward to winter, actually. Like, and because I'm a prick, I'd be like, you know, uh, why? <laughs> you know? Just always looking for that argument. Always looking to be a bit pissy. You know, think about summer for a second. Barbecues. Beaches. Cocktails. Outdoor weddings. Holidays. Festivals. 
Long weekends to Devon. Walking to the pub without freezing your dick off. These are all objectively good things. These are all novelties in Britain. Because the summer lasts for like seven days and then it's back to this bullshit. Like, like why in the name of all that is holy are you looking forward to returning to that shit again? And then invariably they'll come out with some, you know, romanticised Richard Curtis reimagining of winter, you know? Like, oh, you know, I just... I just love the winter, you know? I love going to the pub and it's snowing outside and it's cold and icy, but, you know, you're inside in the warm and it's snuggly and there's an open fire in it and we're having mulled wine and, and Guinness and we're just having a laugh with my friends. It's like, oh, wait, wait, no, no, no. What you like is the pub. That's what you like. What a fucking revelation. <laughs> who doesn't? Who doesn't like the pub? Like, this country fucking sucks, Matt. Like, we hump and hibernate our way through eight months of sub-10-degree temperatures. It's insufferable and endless. By the time it gets to spring, my girlfriend's like, hey, do you, do you want a blowjob? I'm like, fuck this. I'm going for a barbecue and a bike ride. Peace. I'm out. Anyway, I don't know. Maybe. Maybe that's why all the flights have sold out because everyone is accurately assessing how shit the next four months are going to be in minus 10 Russia. <laughs> anyway, guys, if you haven't flown out of London in a fretful, frightful panic on Thursday, the 27th of October, uh, you can join me in person. I'm going to do a live meetup thing in London in Brick Lane. Uh, it should be great fun. I'm looking forward to it. It's exclusively for Patreons. Uh, all you have to do is take a wee look on patreon.com forward slash aid Thompson with an I-N at the end. Uh, and then just choose one of the tiers. There's only three and the cheapest one is like three quid a month. Three quid, which is nothing. Um, and it's literally enough to just say cheers for the podcast, Aid and the blogs. You workaholic sack of shit. Haven't you got kids to raise? Here's my three quid. Consider it a token of my appreciation for you neglecting your kids in order to make this stuff for me. That's what it's... It's basically, you you know, a doff of the cap. An acknowledgement. It's enough to buy me a can of IPA and thereby fuel me into making another 45-minute rant the next time. And then the cycle continues. Or there's a fiver a month, uh, which then gets you, you know, exclusive meetup invites and uh, gets you into the Discord chat channel, which we've got uh, set up where we talk about politics and stuff. And, you know, we shit on the Tories and, and things of that nature. And then there's a tenner a month, which is ludicrous, uh, insulting, frankly, in a cost of living crisis. Um, but that should you feel the need to jump on the elite tier, uh, I guess it's called. Um, then that gets you, obviously, all of the first look access to the podcast uh, and the invites to the meetups. But it also gets you, should you want to, uh, a Skype call with me once a month. Anyone that's on that third tier for £10 a month, you can join the Skype call and ask me literally anything. We can talk shit about Tories. We can talk about whatever's in the news. You can ask me about where the podcast is headed and what the new, uh, like the next meetup is and, and all of that shit, if you want to. It's a bit weird, isn't it? Sort of whoring myself out over Skype, but it's there if you want it. Uh, or finally, 
You could just pay me £100,000 and I will shut the fuck up for a bit. That should be its own tier. Like a sort of ironic OnlyFans. <laughs> like, like pay and support me to just shut the fuck Like, I love that idea of it being sort of anti-supporting someone, you know? Like, if, if enough people make their voices heard that they think I should just piss off, then I will take their money and piss off. <laughs> and that's an A. Thompson price promise. Um, so, yes, that's the Patreon. If you cannot support the pod uh, financially to continue to grow, and as I say, like, I do want this to become, like, my full-time thing, basically. It'd be amazing to have taken something from nothing, you know, just a... Who, who the fuck am I? I'm just a guy talking shit in his shed, basically. If I could take that to it being a full-time gig, right? That would be incredible. Um, but if you can't support it financially, all I would ask is, you know, if you've tittered, if you've sniggered, if you've guffawed or nodded along at two or three episodes now, maybe consider copying a link to one of the episodes that you've enjoyed, you know, or one of my socials or something, and sending it off to one of your mates, you know? Just say, like, on WhatsApp or Signal or Twitter or whatever, Oi, have you listened to this guy? He used to be a comedian. Now he just talks shit about politics while getting hammered in his cabin. I quite like it. Maybe you will too. And just share me about. And I, it sounds a bit silly, but it helps the show to grow. Word of mouth is honestly the best way to grow. And indeed, probably to fucking, you know, kill a show like this. Uh, but let's try and keep it positive. <laughs> share me about with your friends. Uh, and indeed, with your enemies. That's it for now. I've got to go. I'm half cut. This beer is delicious. Uh, I'm back, hopefully, for a pre-recorded one on Friday night with Femi, uh, the political activist uh, most known for his role in exposing the ridiculousness of Brexit. Uh, so stay tuned for that. Um, I'm just going to give a quick shout out to the Patreons also. Um, always need to remember to do this. Thank you so much once again to Alex, Chris, Rax, Ricardo and Silent. And then special warm hugs to T-Rex, Oliver... Uh, Sarah, Paul and Kerry, you guys make all of this possible. I'm super, super appreciative and I'm dead psyched to be meeting you on the 27th of October in London. Um, thanks once again, guys. Keep it strictly booge. Keep it strictly hashtag Binfluencer. We outie.